You are listening to the Sports Daily. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We're going to talk about how the weather out here in Dallas has affected uh, some NBA games. Tom Brady calls it a career for the second year in a row. Is he going to stick through with this one? We're going to also talk about if he does stay retired, what that means for the Fox broadcasting team next year. There is some scuttlebutt being talked about in college basketball regarding changing the shot clock down to 24 seconds. I'll get my thoughts on that. An absolutely horrible story involving teenage girls basketball and what one team did to try and get a leg up. Embarrassing. And then maybe end it with some golf that I didn't get to yesterday. And we'll get to all that momentarily. All right, let's get started. Some craziness here in Dallas the last few days due to ice on the roads. We can deal with snow. Most places can deal with snow. It snows. You can still drive your car. But when it gets icy, that's where it gets tricky. Uh, schools have closed for the last couple of days out here because it's just way too dangerous out on the roads. Today, it's supposed to get up to past freezing. So stuff should be melting today. And then tomorrow, we're going to be in the 50s. We'll be fine. But I know the Detroit Pistons played in Dallas on Monday night against the Mavericks, and they haven't left yet because they can't get out of here due to the airport being frozen. And by the time you listen to this, maybe they'll have left this morning. I'm not sure. But, yeah, it's been kind of crazy for the last few days. Sometimes this happens where we get freezing rain, and then it just turns the streets into an ice skating rink. And I haven't left my house in three days. I've been home, haven't gotten in my car. There's no point. Um, because I don't like driving 5 to 10 miles an hour, and even at that pace, stepping on the brakes, you can skid out at any point. It's kind of bizarre. Coming from Southern California, I never had to deal with that, obviously. It never got that cold into the you know under-freezing temperatures at night. But since I've been out here, I want to say it's probably happened, You know, I've been here 16 and a half years now, I want to say it's probably happened 10 times or so where, yeah, we were basically iced in and just, there are cars out on the road. You just can't go very fast and schools have closed and I think they're closed today and then they'll open back up tomorrow. But yeah, been a crazy few days here in Dallas with this weather. The biggest sports story of the day yesterday was the fact that Tom Brady decided to announce his retirement from the game of football, and yes, he did the same exact announcement last year, although last year he did it on Instagram. This one he put out a video. But last year, same exact day, February 1st, 2022, he announced his retiring, and then he came back. I think six weeks later he announced he was coming back to the Buccaneers. Yesterday, put out a video and said he is done for good. I know there are probably people thinking that, oh, well, he changed his mind last year. He's going to do it again. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he is done. I'd be shocked if he came back. I just think this is it. You wouldn't do that two years in a row. It, just, it makes his legacy look bad if he just keeps saying, I am done. It's one thing what Brett Favre did where he just didn't say anything and it would just be like, oh, I think I'm going to play. You know, It's just one of these things where you don't make an announcement and put out a video for the second year in a row, at least the announcement. Last year, like I said, it was just an Instagram post, but – He's not coming back. And he retires, arguably, the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. 35 playoff wins. We've been over all this. Seven Super Bowls. Nobody's won seven. 
35 playoff wins. The second most playoff wins by any quarterback in NFL history is Joe Montana, who has 16, which is just crazy to think of that Brady has doubled up and then some on Montana. Now, 16 isn't going to hold up very long as long as Patrick Mahomes stays in the league. He's already at 10. He could win his 11th playoff game in two weeks at the Super Bowl. He'd only be five behind Montana, and he's only five years into his career. That is crazy. He's going to break Montana's record, barring an injury. I still don't think he's touching Brady's record. 35 playoff wins, that's a lot. <laughs> like, uh, that's a ton. He also played a, he, he also played forever, you know? So I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to play until he's 45. So this is a record that, I mean, Patrick Mahomes would literally, well, Brady was in the playoffs basically every year. So it's not like Mahomes can really top that. How can you top a guy who gets to the playoffs every year? Uh, yeah, you may win a couple games extra here and there, but to get to 35, and he's at 10 through five years, which is a lot. So let's say he averages 10 every five years. He'd be at 30 in 15 years. That's if he averaged 10 every year. So we'll see. He's definitely going to pass 16. We know that. He'll be number two on the list. The crazy thing about Tom Brady is this. Yes, seven Super Bowls, unbelievable. He was incredible in the big games, except when he played Eli Manning. (laughs) Why this guy couldn't beat the Giants, nobody knows. It's so bizarre to think that Tom Brady lost three Super Bowls. In the three Super Bowls that Tom Brady lost, he lost to Eli Manning twice and Nick Foles. (laughs) Who did he beat? Let's see. Uh, let's see, he beat Kurt Warner, he beat Jake DeLome, he beat Donovan McNabb, he beat Russell Wilson, just off the top of my head here, Matt Ryan, that's five. He beat uh, the he beat Mahomes when the Bucks beat the Kansas City Chiefs in 2020 during the COVID year, and then I'm missing one. But I said DeLome, right? Yeah, so he beat se- I think he beat seven different quarterbacks. I don't think he ever played anybody twice. Yeah, so the Rams was Warner. The Carolina Panthers was DeLome. The Eagles was McNabb. The Rams later on in his career, when they beat him 13-3, to that's when he beat Jared Goff. He beat Mahomes with the Bucks. I'm missing one with the Patriots and... It's going to drive me nuts. I'm sure Patriot fans are screaming at me. What's the other win that they had? So let's see. Warner with the Rams, first one. And then I know he beat Carolina. That was Jake DeLone. Then he beat Philly. That was Donovan McNabb. And then he beat Russell Wilson. And then he beat Matt Ryan. And then he beat Jared Goff. And then he beat Patrick Mahomes. So I did say all those names, but just forgetting which ones I had said. So those are the seven, and then three losses, again, twice to Eli Manning and once to Nick Foles. And the amazing thing uh, about that is the fact that Eli Manning, in those two Super Bowl wins for the Giants, played wildcard weekend on both of those Super Bowl runs, went 4-0 and in his two Super Bowl wins, and never won another playoff game outside of the two years that he won a Super Bowl. Is he going to be a Hall of Famer? Probably because of the name and the fact that he's got two Super Bowl rings and not many quarterbacks can say that. But if you look at his numbers outside of those two Super Bowls, never won another playoff game. But, yeah, he's he'll make it in. 
Uh, and the fact that he's got a Manning name <laughs> certainly, certainly helps. But this is going to start the quarterback carousel in the National Football League in the offseason. I mean, it is going to be crazy. I already told you about Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to retire. He's got $110 million owed to him over the next two years. He's not going anywhere in terms of quitting. Now, he might not play for the Packers next year. It's going to be a hell of a way to trade a guy making $110 million, but maybe some team does it. But Derek Carr, we know, is not coming back to the Raiders. Yesterday, Kyle Shanahan said, no way. Jimmy G's coming back to the 49ers. He's a free agent. I think Carr or Jimmy G ends up in Tampa. That's who they're going to end up with. They're going to get one of those two. I Everyone seems to think Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets somehow. That trade is going to happen. Maybe, maybe not. But I think Carolina needs a quarterback, and I think maybe the Carr Garoppolo person who doesn't end up in Tampa ends up in Carolina. Could end up in Washington. I there's there's quite a few openings. There's like ten or eleven of teams that need quarterbacks. Now you're probably going to have three drafted in the first ten picks of the NFL draft. Bryce Young's going somewhere. C.J. Stroud is going somewhere, and Will Levis is going somewhere, and they're probably going to start. You know, the Texans are going to pick one of those teams, one of those uh, quarterbacks. So uh, it's going to be a great offseason because we're going to have different quarterbacks playing in different cities next year and some really good ones, too. So we'll see how that plays out. Now, this Tom Brady retirement obviously throws some things into flux for the Fox broadcasting team. We talked about this when I've talked about Greg Olson being on the number one team with Kevin Burkhart. Now, as we know, last season when he retired, Tom Brady signed a 10-year, $375 million contract that when he ended his football career, whenever that may be, he was going to go and broadcast for Fox. And if you're paying the guy that kind of money, essentially meant he's going to be on the number one team with Kevin Burkhart. Now, the problem ended up being Greg Olson stepped into the number one role this year and blew everybody away. I mean, I told you about it two days ago. I don't know if you went on the internet and looked and Googled the praise that Greg Olson is getting versus the heat that Tony Romo is getting for being god-awful now. And when Romo came out, he was a revelation. He was calling plays. He was letting people know what was going to happen before it, it happened. And now all he does is scream Jim Nance's name 50 times a game. It's awful. I don't even know. Now, granted, he did get paid, and that's seems to be the reason there are rumblings that he got his contract. He makes $18 million a year to broadcast games for CBS. He got his fat contract and he basically decided not to work hard anymore. There have been rumblings behind the scenes that he's just kind of mailing it in and showing up. I don't know what's going to happen with Romo. Uh, if he's going to finish out the 10 year contract that he signed, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But I think Fox has got a very interesting dilemma on their hands. Now, Apparently, yesterday, Fox had no idea he was retiring. That was news to them. So, with the broadcast on Fox, the Super Bowl, in two weeks, it looks like Tom Brady is going to somehow... He's not going to be on the game broadcast, for sure. I mean, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson are calling the game 100%. But, now that you've got Brady available to you, and you know that he's going to be part of the Fox Broadcasting Network next year for NFL, he's going to be on the broadcast. You know, those shows and those networks have eight-hour pregame shows for the Super Bowl. They'll start broadcasting shit at 10 a.m., and the kickoff is until, you know, 5.30 Central Time, my time. So he'll be on the pregame show at some point. They're going to use him because they got to start working him into it. But 
I mean, you read some of these articles online, they're just like, hey, Brady, you're ruining a good thing here. We love Greg Olson in that role. And Greg Olson, apparently, being the number one team on Fox, is making about $10 million a year. If he gets demoted to the number two team, he goes down to like three. And I know you're going to say like, oh, boo-hoo, you know, making $3 million a year. Look, nobody wants to be demoted. If you're making ten, yeah, it would kind of suck to go down to three. So... And don't give me this. Teachers should make more. Like we get it. Like you just have to accept the fact that there's way more money in sports and television contracts. If people are willing to pay it, that's what people are going to get. There's no. There's no reason to get bent out of shape because a broadcaster is making ten or eighteen million dollars a year and teachers, you know, make fifty thousand. It just. It sucks, but that's the way it is. There's nothing that you say or complain about that's going to change that. Um, we hope teachers can make more. At some point, for sure. And, but there's just no point in throwing that in. It's just, we could talk about that till the cows come home. But the bottom line is, Fox is in a position now of what do we do? My personal opinion, and means absolutely nothing because I doubt Fox executives are listening to this podcast, but my personal opinion is, I think you throw Brady on the number one team next year and be the third man in the booth. There's no current NFL broadcasting network whether it's Amazon on Thursday nights, NFL, well, the NFL Network does, I'm sorry, but the main ones, the NFL Network only gets a few games a year, but the main ones, Amazon on Thursday nights, Fox and CBS on Sundays, ESPN on Monday nights, all two-man booths. NFL Network, when they get those overseas games, they go to three-man booths and whatnot, but maybe Fox can be like, hey, we really love Greg's work, we don't want to demote him, but we owe Tom 10 years and 30... $375 $375 million. He's got to be on the team on the first team broadcast. And maybe you put Tom in there and it's a three man booth for the number one broadcasting team for Fox next year. That's what I would do just because I'm so impressed by Greg Olson and I've read interviews with Olson. I've read interviews with Kevin Burkhart and they've basically said, and I love Greg Olson's approach. He's like, look, I know what I signed up for. I knew going into this year that whenever Tom Brady retired, he was coming over to the broadcasting team, but I'm going to do my damnedest to make that decision hard for them. And that's a great attitude to have. And that's why I like the guy so much, not to mention he's brilliant as an analyst and he's just, he's just very, very good. So I'm curious to see what happens. That's what I would do. I'd put Brady in the booth. We have no idea if Tom Brady is ever going to be a good broadcaster. There have been athletes that have come straight from the field and gone right into broadcasting and fell flat on their face. I can name three right off the top of my head. Drew Brees, Jason Witten, Joe Montana. They were in it for one year and basically quit and or got fired. They were done. They weren't good enough. There are some that came right out of broadcasting that we never saw and have been good. Romo, his first year, he had never done any broadcasting before and they put him on CBS's number one team and he was a revelation that first year. Everybody loved him. Now everybody hates him because he sucks. And he yells and screams. But that first year, he was really good. Now, we have no idea if Brady's going to be good. What if Brady's not very good and he's not articulate and he's not as good as Olsen? And yet you're you know, you're know forking over that money for him and you almost have to put him in that role. You're not going to put him on the number two team. So we will see what happens. To me, it's fascinating. I know most people... Even the average fan doesn't care who broadcasts the game. I do. Like, obviously having two podcasts, having a sports radio career background, 
And when I watch games, I watch it with the sound on. I want to learn when I watch stuff. And this stuff is right up my alley. And I'm, I'm really like fascinated by this whole Olsen and Tom Brady thing. And it's like Fox threw it out there early, not thinking in a million years that Greg Olson would be as good as he is. And he is. And now they've got a little dilemma on their hands. Do you move Olson down to the number two team with Joe Davis? And then if you do now, Moose Johnston, who's an excellent broadcaster as well, he gets bumped down a roster spot. That's why I just let Brady be the three man booth. Something tells me that Tom Brady is not going to be a broadcaster for 10 years. And I could be way off. Maybe he will be. But something tells me he is not going to want to do this for 10 years and that contract will never get fulfilled. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But I'm certainly looking forward to it. So there's a little scuttlebutt right now going on in college basketball and talks that they are going to go from a 30-second shot clock down to a 24-second shot clock like the NBA, which it's probably inevitable. It's not going to happen next year. But probably within three to five years, it will, because in the junior tournaments, they are going to a 24-second shot clock. So it makes all the sense in the world. These people play college basketball to try and get to the next level. Uh, Eventually, college basketball does a lot of what the NBA does. So I could see it happening. For me, though, not that I'm going to stop watching college basketball, but just doing the math, you know, two 20-minute halves, when you have a 30-second shot clock, Obviously, it can lower possessions in a game, and that leads to upsets because a team that might be inferior talent-wise can use the clock, slow down the game, keep it at a lower possession game to try and pull off an upset. Well, you go down to 24 seconds, that's six seconds, and then you multiply that by how many times six seconds over a course of 40-minute game. That just means that team that may be talent inferior to the team that they're playing is going to have to do more possessions, and that more possessions doesn't equal upsets for teams that are outmanned. And you'll probably see less upsets if this happens. Obviously, scoring will go up if you take six seconds off every possession. So that helps. You know, they want higher scoring in these games. I get it. But for me, college basketball purists, hey, when they went from 35 seconds to 30 seconds, which I think was, I don't even know what year that was. It was maybe 10 years ago, something like that. I don't remember. Um, we still have upsets in the tournament. And if you go to 24 seconds, it's not like every team that's superior talent wise is going to win. You're still going to have upsets. You're just probably going to have less. And I think upsets in college basketball are what makes the sport so great. And when you get stories like Loyola Chicago a couple years ago, and then you get, you know, stories like George Mason and VCU and Butler, I mean, That's what you remember from the tournament, you know? They'll never win the national championship, but they sure can hell pull off a few upsets, and that's what makes the NCAA tournament the best thing to watch in sports, I think, in any given year. So we'll see if it happens. It probably will in the next three to five years. So look for that happening in college basketball. And I'm going to wrap with this story. This was pathetic. Did you see about this JV girls basketball game in Portsmouth, Virginia? What happened? So the Churchland girls basketball team in Portsmouth, Virginia, their JV team was missing a 13-year-old player on their team. They were out for the game. They they couldn't make it. Uh, Oh, it says they were out of town at a club basketball tournament. 
Well, a former assistant coach for that team, Churchland Girls JV team, Alicia Boykins, a 22-year-old former assistant coach, just suited up and played in the game with a bunch of 13-year-olds. So the JV coach, along with the head coach of the varsity girls team, who obviously approved it, have both been fired. Yeah, you should have been. How pathetic of an individual do you have to be to cheat in JV girls basketball? Did you really need to win the game that bad? They also said that Boykins is no longer an employee of the public schools. Her last day of employment was on January 25th. The game was on January 21st. Uh, the the uh, school spokesman said Churchland administration held a meeting with parents and players for both the JV and varsity team, and the players, along with parents, chose to opt out of the regular the rest of the season. So there's no more even games anymore for them for the rest of the season. That is so bizarre. And the girl who missed the game, she's not coming back to the school. She's going to transfer and wants to do other things, and she wants an apology from the school that they just gave somebody her jersey, a 22-year-old, and just let her play in a 13-year-old basketball game. How embarrassing. Come on, Portsmouth, New Jersey, and Churchland JV girls basketball. You have to be a sad, sad individual to stoop that low. And just, you know, this wasn't even, this wasn't for the state championship. This just seemed like a regular league game and you throw in a 22-year-old to play with a bunch of teenagers. Okay. So dumb. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Again, podcast is a month old. We want to up the subscribers. We want to up all the people that are listening to this podcast and make this thing as big as possible. So I really appreciate it. Again, thank you all for listening. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See ya!